1: Hey well good morning Resound Church, another Sunday morning and um, hasn't the last week been great? uh, The restrictions have been eased a little bit, we can now travel more than 25 kilometres from home, as a matter of fact we can travel right across the state if we want to and I know uh, many people are eager to go for a drive perhaps to the beach or down the peninsula or down to the surf coast or maybe even Phillip Island and um, I know we're all appreciative of these uh, new freedoms that we've found interesting thing you know our lives have been dominated in uh, probably all of 2020 by politicians and uh, I mean that respectfully but the challenge is this Uh, we we know what politicians are like generally Uh, leading up to an election there's a whole bunch of promises and there's usually words that resonate with our uh, desires Um, and they usually come up with some little phrase like this, just trust me. And their just trust me is linked to a whole lot of policy promises, and unfortunately what usually happens following the election is the elected politician finds a reason not to uh, put into place the things that they've promised to, and so trust is eroded. Now, uh, we've been watching with interest at what's happened in the United States and the changes there. Uh, We've been in our own experience here in Victoria, or in Melbourne in particular, with the changes that have happened here. And those that little phrase, just trust me, um, is something that we get a little sceptical about. Um, you know sometimes when I hear those words often it could be you know on the TV where they're trying to sell you something just trust me is what they're really trying to say um, when it comes to financial advice there's advertisements on the radio and they're basically saying just trust me um, ultimately when we go to a doctor we're hoping that we can trust them and um, usually they're a little bit uh, a, a little bit more careful in what they say But I don't want to talk to you about politicians today or financial advisors. I want to talk to you about salespeople. I want to talk to you about Jesus. And if I could sum up his ministry in three words, it would be those three words Just trust me. His whole ministry was about us trusting in him. Just trust me with your worries, just trust me with your plans. Just trust me with your sickness. Just trust me with your eternal destiny. Just trust me with your vocation. Just trust me with your self-esteem. Just trust me when you feel lonely, lost, hurt, broken and unable to continue. Just trust me when things are going well. When you win, when you forge ahead, when you don't think you need anyone else. Jesus keeps saying these same things over and over and over again. Just trust me. Just trust me in the morning when you wake. Trust me in the afternoon as you labour. Just trust me in the evening as you rest. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. It sums up what Jesus wants us to do. And he applies those words to every sphere of our responsibilities, to every facet of our life. He wants us to trust him. The whole Bible is the story of mankind's evolving relationship with God. And there are stories of trust, there are stories of betrayal, of victory, of rebellion, of success and failure, of passion and violence. And they're all set against a a background of a God who created us all and is looking to restore relationship with us for our good. The Bible message can be summed up in those simple words as well. Just trust me. I want to implore you to lean into trusting God. It's a personal invitation Even more than an invitation, it's a plea. When when we read the Bible, it's it's a book of all the different stories that have taken place throughout many, many, many centuries. And those stories are not made up. They're not, uh, they're not intended to draw God in a particular light. They're not intended to create heroes out of people. They're intended to convey the truth so that God can communicate to us in the reality of the world in which we live. The ultimate desire that God has is that we would grow in relationship with him to the point where we could put our trust in him. Think of a desperate father pleading with a child to jump to their safety and a father or a mother whoever it may be just trust me just jump to me and you'll be safe you know the images of a child in the standing in a window of a house that's perhaps on fire and the father or the mother's yelling it just trust me just jump to me and you'll be okay well God is saying the same thing to every single one of us It's not just an invitation, not a polite invitation, it's a deep desire, it's a plea, it's a cry, it's a groan. And he's wanting you to trust him so that he can undertake on your behalf. He wants you to step, he wants to step in, he wants to save the day, but you are required to take a step of faith. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 6 passages, we know well. Say this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Starts out, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Time and again, Jesus commended people for the faith they placed into Him, placed in him. And I want to read to you from Luke chapter 7, verses 1 to 10. It says this, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, And turning to the crowd following, he said, I tell you I've not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. When you think about what Jesus is conveying here, it's something really simple but something quite profound. A centurion with servants and, and, and soldiers that served him had a servant who was unwell and that soldier uh, the centurion is clearly expressing compassion for this servant and he knows that the answer will be uh, if you like if Jesus was to come and to lay his hands on that servant then that that servant would be made whole and he expresses faith in Jesus he expresses faith in 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 a God who he understood and all he asked would Jesus exercise his authority and then healing would come Jesus commented, he said, such faith I've not found in all of Israel. Quite amazing. For us to trust God, there are four different things I want to mention today. The first is this, you have to believe what he says. It's as simple as that. You can't trust someone unless you believe what they say. If someone has let you down multiple times... If they've promised and failed to deliver, then the likelihood of you trusting them diminishes each and every time. The person who always runs late, that says they'll be there on time, you simply don't believe them if they've let you down time after time. The person who borrows money and says they'll pay it back and never do, you simply don't believe them. And so there's a habit that um, creates uh, reinforces a position that you have. If, if, if someone is letting you down time after time after time, then you don't believe them, therefore you don't trust them. When it comes to trusting God, it, there will be times where it appears he has let you down. And when it appears he has let you down, what happens is your belief decreases. The sad thing is often people are believing God or saying that God has said something that he never actually said. And then when he doesn't deliver according to their expectations, they get disappointed. You see, when God gives his word, he is actually trustworthy. What he says will happen does happen. And so we need to be careful that when we're quoting God in some form or another, that we're actually quoting God and not making it up, not sharing our hopes, not sharing our thoughts, but indicating to others what God has actually said so that he can fulfill his word. When God gives His Word, He is trustworthy, we just have to make sure we know what He is saying before we bank on it. Trust starts with us believing what someone says is actually true. Now for Christians, uh, we, we hear from God in multiple different ways. One of the ways we hear from God is through reading His Word and interpreting in light of the rest of Scripture. In other words, not taking a verse of scripture out of context, but understanding it in the context in which it was written so that we can determine accurately what is being said through that passage of scripture. There are other ways we hear from God as well, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through an inner voice or an inner feeling. Can I suggest to you that some of the challenge we have is our inner voice or our circumstantial read may sometimes contrast that which the Bible says. And when we try and superimpose God's word on something that we just simply feel, and when it doesn't happen and we get, we get the feeling like God has let us down, the mistake is not with God, the mistake is with us. To trust somebody, you need to believe what they say. The second thing is this, you need to be willing to risk whatever it is that you entrust to them. There is no trust where you don't risk something. If I hand you a $50 bill today, and I've got one here in my pocket, and you promise to pay it back, there's a risk that I will lose it. I could give this $50 bill to you, and what happens is I, could, I put that at risk. There is the potential for me not getting it back. If you've paid me back consistently whenever you've borrowed money, It appears there is no risk because you're trustworthy but if I've not done it before if you're a random person I meet on the street and and you ask for $50 I give it to you and you promise to pay it back the risk is significantly higher because I don't know whether or not you're trustworthy as we grow in our relationship with God while there is always risk in trusting him the risk appears to diminish as his trustworthiness proves the reality of who he is. When you submit yourself to an operation with a a, a doctor, there is a risk and trust is required. That trust may be the result of a long-term relationship. That trust may be built on his credentials. But ultimately, when you put yourself in the hands of a doctor, there is a risk. And uh, obviously, as they consistently do what they do so very well, The risk appears to diminish and trust is built, but the risk remains. With God, we have something to risk when we trust him. We have our eternal destiny at risk when we choose to trust in Jesus. Uh, When we trust in him, believing that he is going to save us at the end of the day, there is a risk, but we know he's good to his word. We risk our future decisions by trusting his leading. And, 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 you know, when you do it the first time, uh, there's this awful feeling of, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I heard from God? Have I not heard from God? But as you get into a pattern of hearing from God, trusting him at his word, and then acting on that leading, then the risk appears to diminish. But the risk remains. It's always there. We, <coughs> sorry, we risk our resources. We risk our relationships. We risk our reputation by trusting in him. Eventually, though, it appears that there is very little risk because his trust, uh, our trust in him, uh, is never, uh, never fails. He never lets us down. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We need to understand that the only way God is pleased is when we completely trust Him. It's, it's, it's not something we dish up. It's a, a, trust is the result of a relationship. You can't have a, an intimate relationship with God unless there's a, an exchange of trust. And remember this. I'm not addressing this today, but trust goes both ways. We've got to put our trust in God, but God also has to put trust in us. And that's another point for another day. The third is this, you have to believe they have authority to undertake their promise. If I'm asking God to uh, undertake on my behalf, I have to believe He has authority to exercise uh, His power in a circumstance that I present to Him. If I go into a local bank and I want a significant loan and I speak to the local teller and say, I just want to borrow $400,000 on this new house... And the teller says oh yeah no problem i'll arrange that for you then we would straight away become skeptical why would be why would we be skeptical number one because they don't have that level of authority we know the local teller is not responsible for loaning money at especially at that level out they that's just not there within their responsibility and so when we're trusting someone, we've got to also understand at the same time that they have authority to do what they're committing to do. You may work with somebody, but your coworker doesn't normally have authority to double your salary. You'll be working alongside them and ask them, hey, listen, can, can you arrange a pay rise for me? I just want you to double my salary. Of course, the co-worker usually in jest will say, yeah, 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 now I'll double your salary from next week, you'll get twice the pay. Well, we all know that co-workers don't normally have that sort of authority, especially to double the salary. So authority is important if you do exercise faith genuinely. Jesus is only able to operate within the sphere of authority that has been granted to him. Now we know that Jesus' authority is given to him by his Father and we know it's extensive and it's extraordinary. But Jesus' sphere of authority works in two ways, two spheres. The first is easy. We know that he is submitted to his Father and the Bible articulates the sphere of authority that he operates in here and now. He's operating in the past and he will operate it in the future. The second sphere of authority is the one I really want to deal with because the first is obvious. We, Jesus has that given to him by the Father and he continues to operate in that authority until the Father removes that authority from him which is no intention of doing. But the second sphere of authority is that which you give him and he is Authority is limited by you allowing him to work in your life. Your belief releases him to operate or it constrains him. His ability to heal is restricted by the authority you grant to him. Now it gets complex because what we say is different to what we actually believe and trust. Jesus was restricted and we'll read a passage in a moment about that but you need to understand what we say is different to what we believe. I can say oh yes I believe God will do this but the issue is not my words, the issue is what's going on in my heart which is the real determiner of the trust that I'm placing in Him. But the point is this, there are two spheres of authority. The one God has granted to Jesus, which goes without saying, we understand that. The second is the sphere of authority that Jesus has in our own life, which is restricted by our belief or our trust in him. I want to read to you from Matthew 13, 53 to 58, which illustrates this point. It says, when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, John, Simon and Judas? That's a good trivia question if ever you want to know Jesus' brother's names. It's James, Joseph, Simon and Judas. Aren't all his sisters with us? In other words, he had multiple sisters as well. Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. In other words, his sphere of authority was reduced by the faith of those that he was trying to minister to. What they did was they seen Jesus, they reduced him to uh, the place they seen him in, and as a result, Jesus couldn't do the miracles that he desired to do because of their lack of faith. There's two spheres of authority Jesus has. One that the father has given to him unchangeable and the second is the sphere of authority that you've given Jesus in your life and you are capable of reducing the work of Christ in your life simply because you don't trust his authority in one particular area. A final area I want to do uh, I want to address is this you have to persist even when things are not working out as you planned. What you have in mind may not be immediately worked out in practice. It doesn't mean the one you trusted has let you down. When you trust, you take a risk and the outcome is in the hands of the person in whom you placed your trust. The timing, the schedule, the outcome may all be different to what you had in mind. Persist anyway, don't lose hope. Your trust in God will not be misplaced. And I say this carefully, you know, through many years, many people have prayed for people over many years. And sometimes they get to the point where they've forgotten that they even prayed for the person. And then some years afterwards, they see the prayer that they'd forgotten answered. It's not that their trust was a failing. It's just that God's timing was different to their timing. So I want to encourage you there are times where we trust God for God to do something in a circumstance and what we need to do is we need to persist with that trust because ultimately when we entrust something to him he delivers at the time and the place that is most appropriate for that outcome and even though it can be discouraging as we're waiting God knows what he's doing? In Hebrews 11, 39 to 40, and there's a powerful piece of scripture, but a very confronting one as well. It says this, these meaning the uh, many uh, heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, they would be made perfect. The bottom line is this, There were some people who lived their lives full of faith. They didn't get to see what they believed God would bring about, but God had something better in mind for them anyway. All they needed to do was persist in faith and they were commended for their faith. Romans 8.28, and uh, I'm drawing to a close. Romans uh, Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to to his purpose do you you know I I know many of you have tried to trust God for certain things that hasn't worked out as you hoped sometimes you just uh, you haven't been able to believe you haven't been able to trust you haven't been able to hope you you've just been disappointed maybe you weren't sure whether God wanted to do it you weren't sure God whether God could do it can I encourage you to persist anyway Ultimately, Romans eight twenty eight is a promise to us all that God works all things together for good. Ultimately, he's got it all in control. He knows what he's doing. He cares for you. He loves you. All he's asking you to do is simply to trust him. In summary, I said four things. Number one, you have to believe what God says. second, you have to be willing to risk whatever it is that you entrust to him. Thirdly, you have to believe that he has authority to undertake his promise. And finally, you have to persist when it's not working out as you had planned. Jesus's words to you and to I are targeted. They're individual. And he's asking us simply to trust him. And my words to you today are exactly the same. Please, if you can, find a way Allow yourself to trust God in the areas of your life that he is highlighting to you at the moment. And I believe that he will come and he will undertake on your behalf. The other question I raised just momentarily was this, can God trust you? And that's a good question for you to consider as well. I'm simply going to pray now and, um, and we'll continue. Father, I pray today, will you touch the lives of those who are listening? Will you help us, every single one of us, to grow in our trust in you so that you can do in us and through us just what you desire I think of those who may need healing uh help uh, that may need a circumstance where uh, there may be a circumstance where they need a miracle father we trust you we know you watching over us we know you watch after us help us all I pray today in Jesus name amen have a great day
0: Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.